Welcome to Marketing Strategies with Audrey Kirchner, sponsored by Incoma. Taking your small business to the next level with proven creative solutions designed to grow your awareness and connect to your customers. Now, here's Audrey. I'm Audrey Kirshner, co-founder and chief marketing strategist here at Incoma. Incoma is a full-service marketing agency, and we bring that big agency process, feel, commitment to a small business. Um, we provide marketing strategy, branding, website design and hosting, content marketing, search engine optimization, social media, and digital advertising. To learn more about what we do, ask us a question, um, make a suggestion for a show, or schedule a marketing evaluation, go to our website, and that's incoma.com, I-N-K-Y-M-A, Com. So if this is your first or one of your first shows with us, welcome. If you want to go back, listen to some of the previous episodes. Um, I also mentioned them throughout podcasts where relevant. You can listen to us um, on our website or on your favorite podcast software. We are on uh, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google, and Amazon Music. So in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about niche marketing and why it's beneficial for your business. The key with niche marketing is realizing that you can't talk to everybody when you're marketing your business. When you try to talk or to sell to everybody, you wind up selling and talking to no one because people feel like you're not talking to them. And in this day and age of personalization and targeting and really honing in, people expect for you to speak directly to them, not to shout to the masses. So what is niche marketing? And really what it is in essence is when you market a product or service to a specific audience, rather than trying to just put it out there and let the person decide if you're talking to them or not. So think of it this way. Let's say you're standing in the front of a crowded room and you just start spouting off about your business. Some people may be paying attention. Others are like, man, they're not talking to me, so I'm not going to pay attention. I'm going to check my phone. I'm going to look for the exit. Versus if you have a conversation with one person, you're making eye contact. They know you're talking to them. They're not going to, you know, pick up their phone or, um, you know, look around the room because you've got a captive audience. So that's what a niche market is versus broadcast marketing. So in episode one, which is strategy versus tactics, and in episode seven, which is value-based marketing, I talk about customer personas and target audience. And so what niche marketing is, is it's a piece of that puzzle. What you're trying to do is craft your business, your product or service to a specific audience so that you can actually sell more and sell better. So I like to categorize niche markets into two types, vertical niches and horizontal niches. So a vertical niche is what we're probably most used to to thinking about. You go deep dive into one sector, right? I work with automobile shops. I cater to people with pets. That's a um, vertical niche. Horizontal means that you cater to a group of people that um, meet a specific criteria. So I'll give you a couple examples of both so you can understand them. So for vertical marketing, 
let's talk about a couple B2B examples. One is general contractors. And by name, they sound like, oh, they can service anyone. But I know general contractors um, that actually vertically niche down to dentists. They only work with dental businesses. They help them build the um, facility, remodel it, um, their office, their treatment rooms. They help them with architects and designers. They really cater to that industry. Another B2B example is software companies. Um, Software companies, um, again, let's use the dentist's office. Um, They can build and maintain software for dentists only. And they make a decent living doing this. And there's many benefits, which I'm going to talk about. And then in the arena of business to consumer, let's talk about an athletic company, athletic apparel, equipment and shoes that niche down to um, creating these products and services for runners only, as opposed to anybody or any sport. Um, Because if you're an athlete, or um, have done anything with equipment, you know that Um, shoes and apparel are highly specialized depending on what your sport is. So now I'm going to give you an example of um, a horizontal niche. And I'm going to use my company, Incoma, because that's the way that we have niched down is we do a horizontal niche, meaning I really don't um, specialize in just dentists or uh, just service-based business or just e-commerce business. Um, I go across all types of business, but I'm looking for a specific kind of business within each category. And so I like to work with businesses, business owners that have been in business for at least five years, right? They've kind of gone through those um, startup growing pains already and that they have somewhere between five to 75 or 100 employees. I'm not looking for a business that has, you know, tens of thousands of employees. Um, And then a really specific thing for me is that they have to have a growth mindset or they need to be in growth mode. You would think that all businesses are that way, but actually, if you talk to different business owners, depending on the stage they are in in their business, they have different mindsets. I've even talked to some business owners where they're throttling down. So again, I'm not concerned about their industry or what state they're in or what county they're in. Those are the types of specifics I'm looking for. A lot of business owners say to me, well, I have multiple products and service and this group services this people and this group services that. That's totally great. Niching down doesn't mean you have to have one niche. You only service one community. Um, What I recommend is that if you're not familiar or um, the idea of niching makes you nervous is you start with one product or service, one group, build that niche before you move on to the next. I've I've met business owners who successfully niche their product and services and they have different niches that they cater to, but they speak directly to those folks individually for those products and services and they've built it over time. Also, they're all interconnected and I'll give you an example of that a little bit later. Um, so, It's funny when I talk about niche marketing and really honing in and focusing, um, business owners kind of give me a deer in the headlight look. Sometimes they go a little pale. Sometimes it makes them feel a little queasy. And the question I get is, well, what if someone comes to me that's outside of my niche? Do I have to say no? 
Absolutely not. What niching down and marketing to a niche does is it helps you know who you like to work with, who's really profitable for you, what your systems are in place. So you can make an educated decision that if someone comes to you outside the niche, you know, if it feels like it's a good fit, you can say yes. But if it's too far outside, it's going to be too much of a hassle, you can say no and point them in a different direction. So let me give you two examples. Let's say I'm that athletic apparel company and I work with runners, right? I may work with professionals, seasoned runners, but if a brand new runner comes to me and says, hey, I want a pair of running shoes, they're kind of outside of my niche, right? But I'm going to help them because I have a product or service and I have knowledge I can share with them. But let's say the next person that walks in and says, hey, I play volleyball. Can I use your shoes? You're going to know right away these are not the shoes for you, right? They need court shoes. They don't need running shoes. Um, So it allows you to say no and yes and feel okay about it versus you not being sure of who your niche is and you thinking, oh, well, maybe I can start selling volleyball shoes, but you don't know if your processes will support that. You don't even know if it's lucrative for you. Um, And then the other thing is, is that, you know, I mentioned what my niche was. Somebody who's in business five years or more has five employees, but I do make exceptions. I have one client, he's a serial entrepreneur. He builds businesses from scratch every few years and he and I work together to market those. Outside of my niche, yes, but he and I have a great relationship. Um, He's not new to building businesses whatsoever, so he knows what's involved. And my processes work for what he is trying to do. So that's an example of me going outside of my niche, but it's still working beautifully with my processes and who I enjoy working with. So the best part about deciding on who your niche is and who you want to work with is kind of wrapping that thought up a little bit. It's like, I want to attract these type of people um, because I enjoy working with them because they I have better profits with them. And then when you do say no, at least you know why you say no. So it empowers you. So that's what niche marketing is all about. But I want to talk to you about some of the the top benefits that you get um, from developing a niche. So the first benefit is it allows you to personalize your message. And personalizing your message actually makes it easier to create your messaging. You're not sitting there with a blank sheet in front of you going, what do I say? Who am I talking to? You know exactly who you're talking to. You start thinking of them in your head and and having a conversation. And then all of a sudden, the different types of content that you need to create, the content for your website, your social posts, your calls to action, your digital ads, um, the images become so much easier. So let's take that apparel company, right? I'm trying to think of images that I need. Well, I know because I've niched down to runners, I need a picture of people running in sneakers or people running with the type of apparel I'm selling versus if I'm trying to sell equipment to everybody, it's like, well, do I pick basketball? Do I pick baseball? Do I pick volleyball? No, it it makes it so much easier. And then number two is also another easy way of making it easier for you to narrow. You can narrow down the social channels and the places you advertise because you're working with a niche. If you're trying to service everybody, well, what social platforms do I use? Do I use them all? That's a daunting task. I mean, there's so many platforms out there. Um, And what magazines uh, should I be advertising um, on table runners or anything like that? 
and I talk about this in the strategy versus tactic episode, um, you need to narrow down your audience so you can figure out where you market to. So again, with that athletic apparel company, here's a couple of examples of places and tactics that they would market to. They can advertise in Runner's World magazine. It's a whole magazine dedicated to runners, instant audience. Uh, Social platforms they would use, Facebook and Instagram, right? Because your age demographic for runners are probably between 25 and 50. And so you bridge between both of those. You can do Google uh, display ads. And rather than trying to work with athletic keywords like runners or shoes for runners, which are pretty expensive, you can target your ads to be on um, fitness applications or websites for runners, which is actually a lot less expensive. And so the third benefit of working with a niche market is that you can streamline your processes. You can have efficient and cost-effective processes um, because you're working with a specific group that you know really, really well. So you get to um, be efficient with Uh, purchasing uh, software, uh, tools, um, purchasing different types of services, um, training your staff, systems that you implement, um, and knowledge transfer. So let's take that example of the general contractor that works with dentists. The tools he purchases, some may be very highly specific, but because he's only working with dentist's office, they are being used over and over again in different locations. When he brings on a new electrician or he brings on an interior designer, the conversation, the training is very specific um, because we're not trying to caveat, oh, well, we do it this way for this type of customer. We do it that way for this type of customer. No, we're doing it the same for everyone. And what changes by customer is the aesthetics, the details, based off what they're trying to do and the knowledge transfer. Let's say you've got one person at one job site and one person at another and they pick up the phone because they have a question or they're having a problem. It's so much easier to have that discussion because you're not asking, well, well, what type of business is that that we're trying to outfit? No, they all know who it is. And so your biggest benefit, if you take all three of these things together, your biggest benefit is you have less effort. You can have actually less clients, right? You don't need volume um, when you service a niche and you're making more money. You're listening to Marketing Strategies. I'm Audrey Kirshner. And today we are talking about how to market to a niche audience where you get to make more money with less effort. So now that we know what niches are, that you've got all these different options and you're kind of thinking, okay, this is really cool and I want all those benefits of, you know, niching down and um, targeting where and who uses my products and services, but how do I pick the niche? How do I know if I'm picking the right niche? Um, Because that can happen. I mean, I did it many, many years ago. I thought, okay, I need to niche down vertically. Uh, I picked a niche. It didn't work out. I wasted six months of an entire year and got very little to no business and then had to backtrack. And I don't want to see any other business do that. So after that six-month fail, I went back to the drawing board and said, okay, how do I make money? Who am I making money with today? And that's exactly what I want you to do. So I want you to look at your current and your past clients, sit down with a blank sheet of paper and a pen um, or your iPad and your Apple Pencil and um, write down the answers to these questions. 
So here is questions one and 1A. So who is your favorite customer to work with? Think of them. Give them, like, pick their name out. It's John Smith of so-and-so. Or if you're an e-commerce person and you don't know the names of your customers, um, think back on a conversation you may have had, an interaction that you had. And think about... um, the job or the company or the person and what made you pick them? What interaction? What sparked them to come to mind? If you think of more than one, go with the first or the second person. But if, if you're thinking of, oh, I like this person and that person, go with your gut and go with the first couple. So the second question is, what was your most lucrative project or lucrative customer? Um, so if you had someone who came and bought a pair of shoes from you, loved them and then came back and bought them in every color you own. That's pretty lucrative, right? Um, they did that all on their own. Um, or if you have a client that, you know, came to you with a big project, they sent you a couple referrals, you know, they, they talked you up. That's who I want you to think about that, that lucrative that made you a lot of money. Then the third question, it is different from the second one. What project did you have the least amount of effort with the largest profit margin? In other words, it may not have been your your most expensive project, but it was the most lucrative, meaning you didn't have a, to put in a lot of effort, but you made a lot of money from it. You, like physically put in your pocket after expenses, after time and effort, um, after, and, and if you enjoyed it, all the better. So hopefully what happened during this exercise is that one or two of your clients overlapped in two of the areas or you got the trifecta and it was one person that all three of those things lined up for. If it was one or two, um, that's totally fine, but that's your niche, right? The person that you enjoyed working with the most, um, who loves your company, um, they, it was a lucrative product, didn't take a lot of effort, um, and then you had a big profit margin. You're going to work harder for this type of a client in the future. Um, and you know that you're going to make money from them because you have in the past. So now that you have who this is, you need to start deep diving into why you you liked it so much, why you picked that one, and who they are and what made them special for you. So what product or service did they purchase from you? right? Because many companies sell more than one thing. And sometimes niching down is really putting a lot of focus on one service or product and allowing the other ones to come in as necessary, or sometimes getting rid of them altogether. Um, I talked to a company at one point, they were doing five or six different things. And the owner told me, I do this, but I don't like it. I don't want to do it anymore. It's labor intensive. We have to go places. I'd much rather be doing this part of our business. And so that's what I suggested to her. Let's niche you down and get your all your income coming in from this one or two areas. And then you can let the other one go and start saying no to that. And she was really happy about that. So what products or service are you providing in this area? And then the next thing is you got to get down to the uh, customer demographics, get into their mindset. Um, And for this, in more detail, listen to the um, Strategy Versus Tactics podcast. That's episode number one. So we're talking about what's their age? What's their location? Um, If this is a B2C company, income range, family, job, what are their hobbies? What books do they read? What podcasts do they listen to? If it's a business-to-business scenario, get into the mind of the owner of that business. That helps a lot. That's, um, That's where I came up with 
growth-minded businesses because I kept thinking about the conversations I had with my best customers. And they weren't um, hobbyists. They weren't, well, I'm thinking about starting a business or I'm thinking about doing this business or it's my side hustle. No, I like working with the folks that are all in, that are passionate about what they do um, because it just it's just a better experience for me. Um, so again, what's in the mindset of that business owner? The other information, like their hobbyists, their books, their podcasts, what size business are they, right? Um, how much money does that business make per year? Those are the types of things that you need to get. If you don't know them off the top of your head, that's okay, because here's the beautiful thing. You've identified this person that you worked really well with and you loved working with them it is going to be extremely easy for you to go back and interview them. Ask them these questions. Have the conversation with them. Be honest. Say, hey, I love working with you and what you represent for my company. Let me interview you and understand you better so that I can help my company grow. Will you help me? Saying that one sentence, will you help me? Most people will say yes to. They would enjoy helping you um, because if you thought the relationship with them was so great, I'm sure they do too. And you gave them something, so they still want to give you something back too. That's not necessarily monetarily. So don't be afraid to ask your best customers if you can interview them um, and ask them a bunch of questions about who they are and what they do. Because that's the other thing is people love talking about themselves. So you're just giving them the platform to do it. Um, And this is how you create that customer persona. And then from the customer persona, then you can start crafting that high level language, um, which is where you talk about their problem and not just their external problem, but learn and figure out what the internal problem is and how you solve it. So the difference between the two is um, an external problem is the one that's on the surface, right? The one that they're going to say to a stranger. The internal problem is the one that they tell themselves the reason that they need this product or service. And if you address that internal problem um, and then solve for that, you're much more likely to get their attention um, and their time because you talk to that internal part. So let's talk about the general contractor talking to the dentist's office. The external problem of the dentist office is, I need to have um, my treatment rooms redesigned and rebuilt, right? My practice is growing. Their internal problem is I need a contractor that I can trust because if I build these treatment rooms the right way, it's going to increase the return on investment for my company. I got to work with the right person and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I need someone who's going to guide me. And if you talk to that internal problem, you're going to get their attention so much faster. So I did say I was going to share a couple more examples with you of different types of niches for different types of businesses. So I've got two more here for you. So the first one is business to business and accountant, right? Accountants can niche down as well, right? They don't have to service all businesses or all um, private citizens with what they're doing. So I know an accountant, um, his specific niche is that he likes working with mid-sized companies that don't need or want an in-house accountant yet, right? They're, they're, um, they're just too small to have an employee on staff and to, to, to waste that because it's not really a full-time gig for them. But they need more than what they would get from just going to a tax guy every year um, and getting their taxes done. They need almost more like a consultant um, 
or someone who's really flexible. And that's what he does is he works with these businesses. So this is an example of a another horizontal niche. He doesn't necessarily work with um, consumer businesses or uh, business to business. What he's looking for are mid-sized companies that need something more than just the annual tax advice that you get when you sit down with someone doing your taxes. They do bookkeeping. They do financial documentation. Um, they service holistically anything that business needs financially, but they may do more work with them in an April timeframe than they would in an August timeframe, but they're still there. Another example from a consumer perspective, business to consumer, a fishing gear company. You would think, okay, a fishing gear company, wow, they could service everybody. But no, there there's uh, companies out there um, where they cater to a very specific group of fishermen for fly fishing. And they only provide education, support, materials, and things like that for people that fly fish, not for regular fishing, not deep sea fishing, saltwater fishing, freshwater it's fly fishing. And then they even narrow that niche down where they have a very specific product or service for the Tenkara fly fishing community who sees themselves differently from the fly fisher. So I'm sure if you look at any product or service, you could probably think of different ways now to niche down. So you're inspired, you're ready to niche, you're ready to give niche marketing a go. So now I want you to take action. I've talked about this in other podcast episodes. This information's great, but unless you do something with it, if you don't take action, it's useless. So niche marketing takes time, right? Think about it as a return of your investment of time. It takes a little time to get set up, but it's worth it. You will absolutely get the money back in both time, revenue, and um, employee satisfaction. So the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to identify your favorite clients, your most lucrative clients, go back to those three questions, figure out who your niche is. Then I want you go to go through the process of creating the customer persona, the high level language that goes along with it. Now, if the idea of niching is still makes you a little queasy. You're like, wow, I'm not ready to change everything over to this yet. You actually, you don't have to. Start with creating a landing page specifically targeted to that niche. Doesn't have to be involved the main website. Then you can create different marketing campaigns that drive traffic to that landing page. So you can do digital advertising, you can do newsletters, you can do other sorts of content marketing um, only to that niche. And then make sure you track the results. That way you know it's working. Um, and then that will give you the uh, confidence to then start changing over your main support materials, your main website, your social channels, um, any anything else. You can even create separate social channels for this niche too. You don't have to change your main social channels. You can have a secondary Facebook page. You can have a secondary in. Instagram account, or even a different LinkedIn page. So you can you can segregate it out um, and test it without being afraid that you're you're messing with your main business. So this is a lot even with that, it's a little it's a little scary. Um, But reach out if you need help. You know, don't 
don't succumb to that fear of missing out. Like, oh, if I start talking to this small group, I'm going to miss all this other business. That's actually not the way it works. It actually works in the opposite, right? When you niche down, you actually get more revenue and more growth because you're talking to specific individuals. But you may not feel equipped to do that at this moment in time by yourself. And that's where a marketing agency like Incoma can help you um, pick the right niche, talk to that niche, and help you um, track the results so you can feel confident about your decisions. So here at Incoma, we like to give back to the business community. I provide a free 45-minute marketing consultation to any business owner. Maybe you're looking for a marketing company, but maybe you just want to talk about this niche thing a little bit more. That's totally fine. We use that 45 minutes for whatever you want. No strings attached. Go to the website, Incoma.com. I-N-K-Y-M-A.com. And then there's a button to schedule a marketing evaluation. Click on the button, pick your time, and we are on the calendar. Maybe you have a quick question that you just want to have answered. You can put that into the contact form and I'll personally respond to it. If you found today's information scary but useful, maybe you've been talking to someone else about it and they're unsure of niche marketing, share the podcast. This podcast is designed to help all business owners and by you sharing it, you're actually helping and supporting the business community as well. So that is it for this episode. I hope you found the information helpful and have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to Marketing Strategies, sponsored by Incoma. Online at inkyma.com. Listen to Marketing Strategies every Saturday at 7.30 on KPPF.